Good morning. We thank our Lord for this morning and the opportunity to meet again. Shall we pray? Please let's ask our Heavenly Father to help us as we come before him, the holy words. Let's say, Father, we need your help. We need your help. Spirit of the living God, we seek your help. Holy Spirit, we seek your help. May Jesus be exalted. In his holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, some of us will be happy to know that today we are in a landing zone. Um, the flight we began in the book of Proverbs, today we are bringing it to an, an end. We are, we are landing. And we hope that we'll have a safe landing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about biblical wisdom, making the point that it involves applying God's principles to every area of our lives. Our relationship, our work, our affections, our desires, our attitudes, our reactions. So wisdom has to do with the ability to handle your affairs in submission to God. So biblical wisdom has nothing to do with the degrees you have. It has nothing to do with who was first in class and who <laughs> was also first from the other end. It has nothing to do with it. How we handle our affairs in submission to God. So in the book of Proverbs, we see Solomon instructing a son in the way of wisdom. So in chapter 1, we see verse 8, Listen, my son. Verse 10, my son. And then verse 15, my son. So it's calling upon a son to walk in the way of wisdom. And just limiting ourselves to the chapter that we read, chapter 4, we want to look at some of how does wisdom look like. For this son to be wise, what are some of the conditions, what are some of the characteristics? So chapter 4 verse 1 tells us that, listen. This son has to listen to the father's instruction. And it's not just a casual listening, just something, your ears working. No, look at verse 4. Take hold of my words with all your hearts. So there's some earnestness and engagement there. Take hold of the words. Taking hold of the words is put in the negative. Look at verse 5, verse 27. Verse 5 says, Do not forget my words. What you are paying attention to and taking hold of, do not forget it. 27. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Don't swerve from it. Keep to this. It says, do not forsake my teaching. 
verse 2. Do not forsake my teaching. Verse 5, we read. Verse 6 also. Do not forsake wisdom. It also involves some parts of our bodies. So like verse 24. Keep your mouth free from perversity. And the, the central thing in all, verse 24. Verse 23, above all else, all that I've told you, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. The book of Proverbs leaves us with an aspiration for this kind of son. Listening to the Father's instruction, taking hold Never ever turning away. Never forsaking it. Speaking what is just true and helpful and edifying. Guarding the heart and keeping it pure at all times. Who fulfills this aspiration? The book of Proverbs leaves us with. Which son? Of course, we know the answer. And he shows it in various ways. He never turned from the instructions of the Father. Keeping to the way, never walking in the way of evil. In 2 Samuel chapter 13, we have the story of Amnon. A sad and interesting thing. So we are told that in the course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. Amnon became so obsessed with his sister Tamar that he made himself ill. She was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. Yes, you know how, but this case, Love made this guy sick. So there's all these desires, like he sees the girl, telling something is doing him. And he had this friend, Jonadab. Jonadab looks at him and says, Charlie, my guy. Charlie, what happened? He said, Charlie, something that boss my mind. Or what happened? Charlie, make I tell you. At the full time. Charlie, at the full and pass. People like Jonadab, he says, Oh, Charlie, my guy, about you, you'll be dull. Make no make, make loose. Here, we are told that he was a shield. Guy, in verse 3. Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He says, my guy, make no be dull. You go feel do something, you go feel make some movement, make Charlie. Make it just tell puppy, say, you'll be sick. You don't want to chop something. Tell him, say, the other cook, I chop self at the run. 
So make Tama come, make it come do something, and I'll go fish up. And I'll be, you know, the rest there, you know what you for do. Amen. So he does that. He's giving a counsel, and he follows this way of wickedness. What happens? He dies on untimely death. Absalom kills him. And the result, Absalom has to leave. He's brought back, and now he wants to come and take the throne of David. He listened to the counsel of somebody who was wicked, says to him. But there's this other. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus tells his disciples of all the things that is going to do, all that's going to happen to him. Let me read. Mark 8, 31. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. He also had somebody in his circles who wanted to give him advice. So Peter says, Jesus, I beg, can I see you? Can I, you? Jesus, are you okay? You are telling us that you are the king and now you say you are going to die. Are you okay? What does Jesus do? He looks at him and says, where your bones are? Get behind me, Satan. Why? Because you are, not, you are not concerned with the things of God, but the things of man. He does not swear from the Father's instruction, even when he says it's going to bring him some difficulties and pain. Absalom and his generation, they listen to counsel that destroys them. Jesus never turns away from the Father's instruction. He kept his mouth from perversion. First Peter chapter, he never said anything that he had to take back. He never said anything that he had to go and sit, think about and say, please, you remember what I said the other time? I'm sorry, I have to take it. No, there was never any moment he spoke any perverse thing. So as 1 Peter chapter 3, 22, quotes Isaiah, Jesus committed no sin and there was no deceit found in his mouth. James raises the issue. Charlie, is there ever anybody who is able to tame the tank? But we have one who tamed his tank. Never said anything he had to take back, how to correct, how to bring some caveats. No. Rather, what we find, John chapter 12, verse 49, he says that the words I'm saying to you, they are words that I've heard from my father that I'm saying. All the things I've said. So he listens and pays attention to the instructions of the father and communicates it to us. In John 8, 46, Jesus says that. 
the prince of this world is coming. And he has nothing of his in me. He kept his heart pure. He says, the devil himself can come and examine me. He will find nothing of his. He has no hold on me. He will find nothing of his in me. So the aspirations of the book of Proverbs for that perfect son is met in Jesus. Jesus is that perfect son. It has some significance. Jesus being the perfect son is very significant. Yes, Jesus walked in wisdom to show his submission to his father. But also, but also, Hebrews chapter 2, 10 tells us that to bring many sons to glory. John 1, 12 says that he gave us the power to become children of God. We saw in Proverbs chapter 1, it was speaking about a son. But if you observe in Proverbs chapter 4, it says, listen, my sons. Jesus is the one who makes it possible. He doesn't just walk in wisdom to, for his own sake. He walks in wisdom for our sake also. So that we would have the power to become sons and daughters of God. To experience this wisdom also. Jesus is committed to multiplying himself. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 says that Jesus is God's wisdom. You know, Solomon spoke words from God. He spoke words of wisdom from God. But Jesus is the wisdom of God. He has become to us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification. Jesus is God's wisdom. And so, brothers and sisters, when we recognize that Jesus is God's wisdom, this is what it means. Wisdom isn't first and foremost tips for daily living that you follow. Wisdom is a person. So when we fail to walk in wisdom, it shows we have a problem with Jesus. If you walk in foolishness, you are walking away from Jesus. If you are lazy, you have a problem with Jesus. If you are going too far with your girlfriend, you have a problem with Jesus. If you find yourself walking down into the wrong path, 
It means that you are following the wrong person. You have a problem with Jesus. If you have areas of your life that you are walking in foolishness, again, you are walking away from Jesus, the wisdom of God. So, if we are going to be wise people, Proverbs 4 points to two things which need to happen. If you are going to be wise, you need two things. The first one is this. You need a change of heart. You know, when we hear that Jesus is the wisdom of God, we can assume that he's simply an example for us to follow. He set example for us so that we also follow in his steps. That is true. Jesus sets example for us. We'll see later on. But this is not the starting point. If Jesus were just an example for us, walking in wisdom would just be modifying our behavior. Behavioral modification. But that does not really work. I'm told that this plant, some even call it weed, dandelion. If it's growing and you go and mow, when you mow, it will look nice a day or two. Go back and see. You're not dealing with the roots. Behavioral modification will not make you walk in wisdom. You have tried it. There are some things that you say resolutely, resolutely, this I'm not going to do again. A day or two. It's just behavior. You go back. From the 1st of January. From the 1st. I'm going to change these things. If you start from there, how long does it last? How long? It is not just behavior. Above all else, guard your hearts. What we need is a heart transplant. Where it starts from is a new heart. Our affections and desires changing. Not just our behavior. Brothers and sisters, the good news. Jesus covered the cost for your heart transplant. In the life of Jesus, we see this unexpected ending. Let's look, for example, some of the general expectations Proverbs 4 gives about someone who works in wisdom. In verse 4, we are told, Take hold of my words with all your hearts, keep my commandments, and you will live. In verse 10, we are told, And the years of your life will be many. But Jesus didn't live long. 33 years. I don't know if you've ever seen an obituary. Tre tre. And he said, Charlie, akwe yenyi. 
3, 3. But there's a promise of a long life. But the only person who never swear from the father's instruction lived 3-3. Three, three. Look at verse 9. She will give you a garland of grace. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Wisdom will crown you. But what crown did he wear? He wore a crown of thorns. Look at verse 8. Cherish her and she will exalt you. She will lift you up. Embrace her and she will honor you. Yes, he was lifted up but on the cross. He was lifted up naked, disgraced, and dishonored. The one person who perfectly kept the father's instruction, he's, he became the most dishonorable person ever. Naked and lifted up. Why? He was covering the cost for our heart transplant. We have twisted and evil hearts. With all the things we have done and all the things going on in our hearts, we deserve, our life deserves to have been cut short. You don't deserve to have lived this long. We are the people who deserve to have been dishonored. Look at some of the things we have done in secret that we can't even let people know. We are the people who are supposed to be paraded naked. Yes. But we have somebody who took the cost for our twisted, wicked, foolish hearts. He has covered the cost. In verse 7, we are told that though it costs all you have, get understanding. It's costly. But we are saying, in the first place, the cost cannot be borne by you. Why? Because Jesus had paid it. So if we are going to walk in wisdom, the first thing is that our hearts need to be renewed. So, that once I leave here, I'm going to stop. That's not where it starts. We'll come there, but that's not where it starts. The starting point is come to him for a new heart. Come to him for a renewing of your heart. Please, come. The cost has been paid. 
Jesus has paid the price for the new hearts we need. So please, come. One. The second thing that needs to happen if we are going to handle life the way God wants us to handle life is this. We said the first one, come to Jesus. You need a new heart. The second one, stay with Jesus. Stay on the path. Walk with Jesus. In Proverbs 4, both wisdom and foolishness are presented as a path. A way of life. Let's look at some of the verses. Verse 14. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. 15. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Verse 18. The path of the righteous. Verse 19. But the way of the wicked. So, wisdom and foolishness are presented as two ways to live. They are path. It's a course of life. You take one or the other. We are told that this foolish path in verse 19 is a path of deep darkness. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Foolishness is trying to live your life in the path of darkness. You see, in darkness, we don't really see where things are. You keep ruining your life and falling into misery. Verse 90 says, you stumble. And this one way of understanding it, walking in darkness, groping in darkness, not seeing where things are and just falling, is that for the fool, the fool does not see the correlation between his or her actions and the consequences. The fool walks in darkness. So, for example, to walk in darkness to be a fool, you don't see the relation between your laziness and your poor, poor out, out, um, output at work. You say, my boss is too demanding. If you are walking in darkness, you don't see the relationship between your addiction to pornography and your low self-esteem. You say, I didn't go to the best of schools. You don't see the relationship between your alcoholism and your being broke always. You say, Ukraine war. Economy. Fool doesn't see how their actions lead to the consequences. They don't know what makes them stumble. He walks in darkness. 
You don't see the relationship between your hashtag tank and the quarreling in the marriage. You say, my wife, she, is, she doesn't understand. We are fools walking in darkness. The righteous path. So the righteous over and again is told to avoid the path of, of fools. The righteous path is a path of progressing in holiness. Verse 19 tells us. But the way, verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun. Shining ever brighter till the full light of day. Righteousness is a path. And Jesus tells us in John chapter 14 verse 6, I am the way. So we come to him and we stay with him. We bring everything in relation to Christ. He changes your heart. You have to engage your will. You have to stay on this path. It's not enough to just say that I believe in Jesus. This way of wisdom is a path. It leads to a destination. On it, you are not the same today as you were a year ago. On it, you will not be the same a year from now. On the part of wickedness, you are not the same person. You have changed. So bring everything in relation to Jesus. Stay on this path. You have a changed heart now. Engage your will also. It means that perhaps there are some friends that you have to change their name on your phone. You know how we, we store their names? Missed call. Once you see it, missed call, you don't bother to call back. Because you know that this friend, after you've talked with him, the flirting and the challenge, you feel defiled. You've not seen him physically, but something has happened to you emotionally. Please, missed call. There are some actions you have to take. Because you want to stay on this path of wisdom. There are some actions you need to take. He talks about, verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead. 20 says, give careful thoughts. Be steadfast. If you are not deliberate, and for the love of Jesus... In the grace that he provides, take certain actions. Listen. You'll be on a certain path that will lead you to a certain destination. Engage your will. Engage your will. The fool is the person who keeps on this path of wickedness and unrighteousness, but expect to walk in wisdom. Still watching those same things, still visiting those same people, 
reading those same things, but expect that you begin to make God-honoring decisions. All the number of times that you have visited him, you have not come back home. But you are sure that tomorrow when you visit him, things will change. You are on a certain path. You are on a certain path. And the challenge is for the love of Jesus, engage your will. So, to be wise is not simply to be able to make good decisions. It is first and foremost to be in a particular relationship with God. Having a new heart. Verse 18 calls it being righteous. But Proverbs doesn't present this relationship as something static and fixed. It presents it as being on a path. You are on a journey. And the perfect son says to you, I am the way. So, please, follow him. Bring everything in relation to him. Do you know this? Just look around. Just look around. Five years from now, None of us will be the same. Five years from now. We are all on a certain path. As you progress, the consequences become more obvious. If you walk in the path of wickedness, five years from now, you will see. You will see. There are some people who have been in church. You see them. And the only question you ask is, how? What happened? They were on a certain path. And it's now become more obvious. If you stay on the path of wisdom, if you follow Jesus, five years from now also, you will see. It will have nothing to do with the kind of job you have. Whether you are earning 10,000 CDs or less, it will have nothing to do with how much you earn. It will really even have nothing to do with whether you are married or not. Those things, no. But we will see in the quality of life. Some will be married but we looked at them and said, oh God, why did you make marriage? Why? Because their marriage would also be set on a certain path. But over and beyond that, Proverbs tells us this path leads to eternity. So that even if we don't see anything five years, the book of Proverbs says, it's life. Our paths are leading into eternity. The path you are on 
is important. Jesus tells you, I have paid the price for your new heart and also I am the way. Let's follow him. Let's pray.